Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey everybody, this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. I am your host, Anna Hudak. So yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm very depressed right now. So I'm um, gonna try to work my way through it, but if I kind of sound a bit dead, you know why? I, I am very depressed right now while I'm recording this, so yeah, there's that. Um, you know, several jobs that I wanted, they, um, they, they filled their positions without even interviewing me. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I'm just terrified to apply for jobs, period, right now, and when I do, I'm terrified that if he do call me, I probably won't pick up the phone because of how high my anxiety is. So none of that's going okay. Um, my anxiety and depression are just fucking eating me alive right now. Um, I really don't know what to do. Uh, so yeah, just feeling horrible all day. Um, Tomorrow um, is my birthday. By the time you listen to it, my birthday will have passed. My birthday is October 1st. Um, so, you know, when, when you're hearing this one, like the October 4th, I believe, is when this episode comes out. Um, but yeah, you know, so my birthday just passed. Um, 23rd birthday, so yay. Last year for my 22nd, I spent it in a homeless shelter playing Mario and Luigi's <clears throat> a Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story on my Nintendo DS, so. I think, like, three people bothered to wish me happy birthday. Um, it was just a bad day. It was a very bad day. My birthday is never good, you know. Um, you know, my family finds any reason but to celebrate my birthday on my birthday. <clears throat> So that's rough, um, you know, so there's that. Um, so I've never really had a good birthday. My birthdays always suck, but yeah, so tomorrow's my birthday. Don't really know why I'm, I, I really have no plans at all for it. Probably gonna spend it trying to force myself to apply for jobs, sit there in anxiety every time the phone rings, hoping, kind of hoping, but also hoping that, kind of hoping that's not a person calling for an interview, but also hoping it is. I just spent a lot of it reading and listening to podcasts, mostly read it, listening to podcasts and yeah, probably just also reading Keeper of the Lost Cities. Reading rereading for that series again. Never got through the eighth book. Uh I only read through the seventh book, never read the eighth. By the time I read the eighth, but the but there's there's so much that happens in these books you kinda have to reread through them all. So on the second book right now, so I spend the day just doing that, I guess. I don't really have anybody to spend it with. Don't really have any place to go, you know. Don't really have anything special to eat. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm not really celebrating my birthday, so. I'll probably just end up spending the evening texting my friend, so. I mean, I really have no, nothing to do for my birthday, so. Whatever. 
Not like I really had anything last year to do for my birthday. Don't really even need any dessert or anything, so. Here's that stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess we should probably uh, get into the story and our stories today. Um, <clears throat> the things that I want to talk about. <clears throat> Yes, there definitely are some things that we definitely need to address. So, the first one is a new story, which we're going to get by pretty quick. Um, this is from LGBTQ Nation, and of course you can find the link to it in the show notes or the YouTube description, depending whether you're listening or watching this. And the title is, Suicide Hotline Sees Increase in Trans Teens Calling as State Debates Anti-Trans Laws. This year so far, roughly 4,000 transgender and non-binary youth in Texas have called the Trevor Project a suicide hotline for LGBTQ youth. You know, I honestly am amazed at the bravery of those who call suicide hotlines. Like, I have... Phone gives me anxiety. Like, I'm not joking. Calling someone... Talking to someone on the phone brings me so much anxiety, which, to be honest, makes the job application process worse for me. In many ways, because, like, if they were just to text me or email me, a whole hour would have gone. Because, like, I genuinely feel so much anxiety from talking to people on the phone. It's like, I never was able to. I would, you know, like, I actually only was able to message the Trevor Project online back in the day. I could never bring myself to call them. Like, I tried once and I just end up hanging up. As soon as somebody started mentions it, kind of something to me. So, you know what, like, honestly... Props to the bravery of these kids. Bravery they should not have to have. I'll make that clear. They should not have to have this kind of bravery to do it. Because, like, I can't. Like, I tried. I, I literally couldn't. Anyway, continuing on. They told the Trevor Project's crisis counselors of her feeling stressed, using self-harm, and considering suicide because of the wave of anti-LGBTQ laws being considered by her state's legislators. The Los Angeles Wave reported. Of the 10,800 crisis call contacts, calls, texts, and chats that have come into the Trevor Project from Texas this year, 3,900 came from trans and non-binary youth. That's roughly 36% of the state's total crisis calls into the Trevor Project. For more crisis contacts to the Trevor Project within the state have increased within 150% during 2021 compared to the same period last year. The Trevor Project's crisis counselors have been hearing from transgender and non-binary youth in Texas who are scared and worried about anti-trans laws being debated in their state and some have even expressed suicidal thoughts. Amit Paley, CEO and executive director of the Trevor Project, told the aforementioned publication, This is a crisis. We urge Texas lawmakers to consider the weight of their words and actions and to reject anti-trans legislation, Paley added. This year's slate of anti-trans bills included one to ban trans students from playing school sports and another bill that would redefine child abuse to include parents who allow a doctor to give her to trans children gender-affirming health care. Democrats successfully blocked Republican legislators from surpassing the bills during the normal legislative session, but even after that, state Republicans introduced at least 12 anti-trans bills for consideration during a special legislative session called by the state's Republican Governor Greg Abbott. What a disgusting piece of shit. 
Ricardo Martinez, the executive director of Texas Equality, told the Texas Signal, this is all placating to a small but loud fringe minority, and for anti-LGBT and anti-equality legislators, this does never opportunity to garner some votes. And if you do need to call someone, and I will try to leave a remember to leave the leave the stuff in the show notes and YouTube description, which as you know means I probably won't, but I genuinely will try. Uh, you can call the Trans Lifeline at one eight seven seven five six five eight eight six zero. That's the Trans Lifeline. The Trevor Project can be found at, which is, you know, a place for LGBTQ youth 24 and younger, if I remember right. And that number is 1-866-488-7386. So yeah, so those are, uh, if you need them, hopefully, I pray to God you don't, but if you do, Please call them. Or you go to Trevor Chat, look up to Trevor Chat, view, or like me and would rather do online. Because talking on the phone brings you an extreme amount of anxiety. So believe me, I understand. Anywho, so fair was that. Um, we wanted to get that out of the way uh, because it's just fucking awful. And it just shows transphobia kills, literally. And I, and, and, it's so sad when I just see LGBT activists uh, just reduced to begging these Republicans to not do these things. Because they are going to do it. You know why? Because they want this to happen. Understand, this is a purposeful genocide that is going on right now. They hate our existence. They want us dead. Make no bones about it. These people know what we're doing. This is not by accident. They know that kids are calling suicide hotlines. They know kids are committing suicide and self-harming. They don't care. They want us to do it. This is all purposeful. Understand that. They just want us dead. They want anyone who does not conform to the society that they want gone. Understand, this is all about conformity. Because it's easier to, to uh, have a death grip on a society when everyone is just like each other. When everyone is white, cisgender, heterosexual, evangelical, you know, and at the very least middle class, how much easier is it to control a society? Exactly. No problem at all. <clears throat> so they have to get rid of those who are different. They have to get rid of those who are people of color. They have to get rid of those who are poor. They have to get rid of... <clears throat> of those who are queer. We cannot be allowed to live in this society because it makes our jobs so much harder. Anywho. So, something I want to talk about today. I am sorry, I feel like my throat is giving away today. Um, it's actually kind of hard for me to speak, at least in my normal... Um, female voice, but we're going to keep going, but I definitely feel like my voice is giving out. So we're going to talk as long as I can because my voice is definitely giving out. So anywho, um, ContraPoints, aka Natalie Wynn, 
one of the largest leftist YouTubers on, well, YouTube. So she's a bit problematic. Um, she's kind of shown over time that she's a bit problematic. Um, you know, between her friendship with Buck Angel and platforming him, not only just being a friend, but platforming him. Um, you know, and so many other problematic things she said over the time on, uh, on Twitter, especially more so than even YouTube. Uh, she finally took the cake over the weekend and she tweeted something very, very stupid, which has now since been deleted. Thank God, but still should never have been tweeted in the first place. I don't remember the exact tweet and how it's tweeted uh, and how it was writ written. I don't have it saved on my phone. I forgot, I mean, on my computer, I forgot to save it on my phone, which I'm using to record this, so. Um, forgot to save it for my uh, computer. But here's what she said. I do know this. She, she said that she can't understand Gen Z queers because we're all about, you know, like, what was it? She said that, it's, that Gen Z queers believe that you don't have to be trans to be trans. That you're perfectly valid in your heterosexuality and being gay. That you know if you're gay, that you can be heterosexual and gay at the same time. Um, and that um, it's perfectly valid to be an asexual slut. That is what she said. She said she doesn't understand how queer Gen Z queers say that. So what does this mean? Let's take these on one by one. So I think the first one that she mentioned was. You, uh, that Gen Z, Gen Zers believe that it's impossible to be an asexual slut. Yes. I, as a Gen Z queer, you know, a Zoomer. Yes. Yes, actually. And honestly, this was one of the things I saw that got the most attention. And proved to the whole world that nobody knows what the fucking asexual is. So... Let me, an asexual uh, Zoomer, explain for the whole world what being asexual means. It means you don't experience sexual attraction. That's it. You can have sex. You might even enjoy sex. You know, enjoying sex doesn't make you any less asexual. All that makes you asexual is the lack of sexual attraction. And believe me, I have debated so many people who don't understand this on Twitter. Uh, the way, the only way I was able to get it across was because, like, I don't know, I've never experienced sexual attraction, but apparently, I guess that the way that I, the only way that I was able to make people understand is when I agreed to the term that we don't experience longing. Apparently, allosexuals or being you know, people who desire, who want sex experience a longing for sex. I don't know. I'm just taking the kid for his word at it. This uh, bisexual for his word at it, you know. Um, they claim that they had this longing for it. Um, so I'm, t I'm assuming that's what sexual attraction kind of is. So basically, uh, we just don't experience a longing for sex. This is something that we just don't care about, you know? You can enjoy sex without having a longing for it. So, that's how asexual. So, yes, there are literal asexual prostitutes. Like, there's a lot of them.
They enjoy sex, but they don't long for it. They just do it because it's what gives them money. You know, a lot of asexual couples, you know, married people have sex despite the fact they don't really enjoy it, but hey, their partner. Their partner desires sex, so they compromise and have sex with them. Uh, you know, lots of asexual people have sex. And there are asexual sluts. There are asexual people who dress very sexy, even if they don't ever have sex. You know, or maybe they do, you know. Um, you know, all that matters is you don't have the desire or, I guess, longing for sex. That's what being asexual is. Asexual sluts exist, and they are perfectly valid. Get over it. Uh, contra. And also, everybody on Twitter who was not asexual, who got mad at me over that, I, I noticed that not a single asexual person got offended over those definitions I just gave. But a whole lot of gay and bi people got offended over those definitions. It's almost as if they don't give a shit what actual asexual people think. And only what they want to think. Hmm. Okay. So, got that? Got a clear capoosh? A capiche? Okay. The next one I believe that she said was, was that Gen Z Zoomers believe that you don't have to be trans to be trans. What? What? Okay, name me a single person who has said that. One. Just one. That's all I ask. Oh, I see. You're talking about non-binary. You're talking about people who don't experience gender dysphoria. Okay, I get it. You're talking about people who don't want to transition. Who, who don't want to physically transition. You're talking about those who don't experience gender dysphoria and non-binary people. Okay, I'm sorry. You realize you don't have to experience gender dysphoria to be trans, and not every trans person needs to want to transition to be trans, you know, right? Like, like I really don't understand why it's so hard for people to understand. But, oh, I forgot. Natalie is best friends with Buck Angel. And these are all things that Buck Angel believes. So never mind. But seriously, people, non-binary people are valid. Non-dysphoric trans people are valid. Not every trans person needs to suffer to be trans. That's the dumbest thing about the LGBT community by far. It's how it's all but a game of oppression Olympics. You know, every now and then, the right does get something correct. Including Ben Shapiro. And Ben Shapiro is so fucking correct. When he says that the LGBT community is just a bunch of fucking oppression Olympics. Of communities fighting to see who's the most oppressed. And you know what? I hate saying that. I should not be having to say that Ben Shapiro is correct about something. Especially about my community. The LGBT community. But you know what? He is absolutely fucking correct. Because I see it all the time. All LGBT discourse is about is who is more oppressed than the other. 
especially when it comes to uh, non-binary, asexual, and demisexual people. The entire discourse is, well, we're not as oppressed as us. Literally, I hear people saying all the time, we're not as oppressed as us, fair for we're not LGBT. Grow up. Grow up every single one of you saying that. This isn't a game to see who's the most oppressed. Why would you want others to be oppressed? Shouldn't a demisexual person who you think faces no oppression whatsoever, shouldn't you be celebrating ever, you know, an LGBT identity that doesn't experience oppression? Is that I mean is that what the LGBT community means now? We're oppressed? Like that's literally the sole defining feature of being LGBT is I'm oppressed, not you know, queerness being different than, you know, cishet majority. Like I thought that was what we were supposed to be. We were a community of, you know, gender identities and sexualities that differ from the majority from the cishet majority. Not I'm more oppressed than you. You know, just saying, if that was what we were going by, no white queer could claim to be oppressed. It could be claimed to be LGBT, because going by the logic of oppression tiers, you know, it's whoever's the most oppressed. Only black people would qualify. Because black queer people are by far and away the most oppressed, far more than white people, white queers are. So please shut the fuck up about oppression and how that's what defines who's LGBT or not. Hey, asexual people aren't LGBT because we're not quote-unquote oppressed, which is, by the way, bullshit. We actually are. There's a lot of asexual big um, oppression in this society. A lot of it. You just don't want to see it. Anyway... So enough of that bullshit. I don't, I don't have the energy to deal with these idiots any longer. But yeah, no. Um, you don't need to be. You, you don't need to suffer with gender dysphoria to be trans. It's really that simple. And then the final thing she tweeted uh, was um, when she said that uh, that Gen Zers believe that you can be both heterosexual and gay. Clearly, this is a shot at bisexual people. I mean, I don't know what else it's supposed to be. I mean, just showing that biphobia is still prevalent even in the LGBT community. LGBT people themselves still hate bisexuals. But yeah, I mean, I, I really don't know how what else I'm supposed to take from that. Because otherwise... I have no idea what the fuck she'd be strawmanning. Like, I genuinely don't get it. Oh, God, I just realized. I just realized what it was that she's attacking. Never mind. She's attacking demisexuals.
Oh my god. Okay, Glenn Greenwald 2.0. No. Demisexuals are queer. Get over it. Oh my god. Oh my god, I am so sick and tired of demiphobia. I am so sick and tired of hearing people claim that demisexuals are not LGBT. Your age is not normal. It's not the normal experience for people to only have sex, to only want to have sex when we're emotionally attached to someone, right? Like, that's queer. Come on, it's a, it's a different experience. Then what do normal cis hat, then what normal cis hats think? The cis hat majority experiences, okay? Come on. My God, people. It's queer. Yeah, oh my God. So yeah, contrapoints. Hate demisexuals. Oh God. So done with it. I am so done with it. Just accept demisexuals, people. Stop trying to gatekeep, for the love of God. But yeah, so ContraPoints made an ass of herself. Attacked queer agencies for no reason. Um, out of jealousy, no doubt. That, you know, we have much more terms for things that we experience than she did when she was our age. Um, that or she's just a straight up bigot, but I want to give her at least a benefit, enough of a benefit of doubt that she's not a straight up bigot. Um, so in fact, I probably shouldn't consider it who she associates herself with. And of course, you know, the usual, um, you know, the usuals came to her defense over this. Um, people like Vosh and Xander Hall, of course. Um... Why am I not surprised that they said that what ContraPoint said was correct and that we just need to get over it? Um, I mean, it's honestly disgusting that Vosh and Xander Hall are still taken seriously. You know what? I thank Vosh for helping me come to the left. I really do. Probably never would be to the left if it wasn't for him. But my God... He is so bad. So apparently there's this leftist content creator, I believe her, her name is um, Socialism Does Left. I don't know her pronouns, so I'm just going to refer to him as Avem. Don't assume. Um, and they're a fucking racist and transphobe. I mean, they don't even try to hide it. I mean, they got exposed for it earlier this year. I mean, these were... Obvious racist statements and transphobic statements. I mean, genuinely, like, Ben Shapiro doesn't even get that bold as they got. Like, they put Ben Shapiro to shame in racism. I, I mean, this was some of the most racist and transphobic bullshit I have heard in my life. And what did Vosh and Xanderhal do? Eh, it's fine. It's fine. Who cares? Veronda left. Therefore, being on the left absolves you of all racism and transphobia. 
If he didn't put it in exactly those terms, that's what he meant. Because this is a lefty, a socialist, who is an obvious racist and transphobe. But because we're socialists and we're friends of Washington Zanderhal, therefore it doesn't matter. You just got to get over it. It's really not that racist, not that transphobic. And plus, he just says so many other just problematic bullshit. Like Xander Hall today saying that, um, I saw it apparently on Twitter, people were taking his shoe and head, took screenshots of him supporting, removing welfare from people who refused to take the vaccine. Yeah. Problematic. Just, just a little. Anyway, I've said other problematic things, but I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, nor do I really want to, because I don't want to give Vosh and Xander Hall a single other thought. But yeah, we're not for not good for not people's meant to be taken serious. For not serious people meant to be taken seriously. Please stop listening to Vosh and Xander Hall. Um, rational disconnect, know nothing. They all were saying, yeah, you know. Contrapoints. They should be taken seriously. But you know who is the people who took contrapoints the most seriously? Bigots. LGBT phobes. All they did was run with this statement and say, see, even the lefty's number one tranny, the less number one tranny realizes that the, that, you know, the alphabet agenda has gone too far. See, even a fag like that can understand it. For using this, for bigots, I've seen so many right-wingers take this tweet from Contra as a launchpad say, See, it's okay for us to attack these people. They are themselves attacking these people. When the course Contra plane several days later came out with a non-apology saying, there's just like, I'm so sorry. I didn't recognize that these things were harmful. That said, everything I said was completely correct. I'm just going to say it in nicer terms. Fuck you, Contra. I have blocked you. I recommend everybody to to, to unsubscribe to her, your channel. So please, people, unsubscribe to her. Block her on Twitter. Don't ever take her seriously ever again. Her making one good video on incels does not forgive her for her bigotry and her problematicness. You know, and I was at least happy to see that apparently Philosophy Tube doesn't uh, follow her on Twitter anymore. And apparently a lot of people are saying that on the podcast that she's on. I don't know what podcast she's on, but apparently she is on a few podcasts. Um, and it, Or maybe podcast she's appeared on. She's been throwing some... Some pretty obvious shade at Contra lately, so thank you, Philosophy Two, for being the one non-problematic trans female creator out there. And seriously, what is it with trans female content creators, YouTube creators, who are fucking problematic? There's Contra, there's Blair, um, there's um, oh god, what's her name? Um, Dawn says, like my god, Miss London. Like, I legitimately am not subscribed to any trans female uh, YouTubers. I'll say the philosophy too. But I subscribe to a decent amount of trans male YouTubers. 
Seriously, why is the trans male space so less problematic? I mean, like, I mean, yes, there's a, you know, uh, Buck Angel, you know, King Turf, you know, but, um, you know, and Calvin Gare is still on Twitter, even if he's not on YouTube anymore. Like, yeah, he's got Jamie Dodger. Yeah, uh, oh gosh, I'm gonna butcher his last name because I don't remember. It's like, no offense or something. Um, Sam Collins, you know, um, trying to think off the top of my head, but I can't off the top of my head at the moment. Uh, those are just the ones I watch the most, so. But I know there are others. I just can't remember her names off the top of my head. It's like Tyler or something. I forget his name. I rarely ever watch him, to be honest. But yeah, you know, just a lot of great ones, and it does like, meanwhile, trans women have Dawn of Roses. A literal fascist. Yes. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no. Even even Twitter. When it comes to Twitter, trans male Twitter is a is a lot more cool than trans female Twitter. Okay, my, like there's a lot like trans women. I noticed on Twitter are generally a lot more activistic. We are generally the ones leading the activist charge in the trans community, at least on Twitter. But trans men are just, I don't know, they're just a lot more cool and fun to follow, I guess. We always have just have something witty to say for every situation. It's fun, like Finn. Um, it's all lowercase, but Finn, um, he's a trans male um, Twitter account. One of my favorite Twitter accounts, hands down, just awesome. Like, just, just so fun. Just a fun Twitter account, my friends. Like, but yeah. Trans men are just seem to be a whole lot less problematic than trans women. I hate it here. I really hate it here. You know... And the other thing about ContraPoints is there are actual criticisms to be made of Gen Z queers. Not ones I would ever want to hear from a millennial. Um, like, ContraPoints, but there are genuine ones. Like, literally just several hours before ContraPoints tweeted that, I made a criticism of Zoomer queers on Twitter. I did. And they're actual critiques. <laughs> Okay, here's my critiques. It was, I tweeted, I was saying, you know, um, you know, Gen Z um, queer, queer discourse has legit devolved into, what were the two things I said? Um, um, did I tweet? Oh yeah, uh, whether or not the term queer is problematic or not, and whether the song American Idiot by Green Day is problematic or not. Thanks, I hate it here. Just an actual criticism because we're things that we're actually saying and that actually are, you know, you know, actual discussions that are being had that aren't gatekeeping. Because what is Natalie's doing, she's trying to gatekeep. You know, um, um, these are actual discussions I see all the time on Tumblr. And these are the main things that we're talking about. I see all the fucking time on my Tumblr feed. 
Billy Joe Armstrong is problematic because he said faggot in a in the song American Idiot. You know, ignoring the complete context of you know the song and that the fact that Billy Joe Armstrong is bisexual. I mean, that by itself, like if a bisexual, if a queer person does not cannot say faggot, who can say that term? It's like telling a black person they can't say the N-word. Like, for the ones who had the past, for the holders of the N-word past, black people. Just like, like, how is it, can a queer person not get to say faggot? We're the holders of the past. We're the one, you know, we're the ones who get to use that term. How, like, he's bisexual. He gets to say it. Get over it. Like, this shows that no kids know that he's a bise bisexual. Like, do some fucking research, people. Seriously. And second... It realized when that song was written, um, you couldn't get away with being queer, right? Like, you couldn't even support gay marriage. Like, was I, like, were there any states that gay marriage was even legal in at that time? Like, you realize that to run for president, to be taken seriously as a presidential candidate, you had to run against gay marriage. You had to say gay marriage should never be illegal. Barack Obama in 2008, had a part of his platform, you know, that gay marriage should be illegal. You, 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 you realize that, right? And this was 2004. This was ground-shaking to say that at the time. Him to say, yeah, I'm queer, I'm proud of it, and I'm not, you know, and I'm here to fight against your agenda. That was radical. This song brought energy to so many queers who were just beaten down by the fight at that point. This was seen as a sign of strength. This song, including that phrase itself, that those two that line brought strength to the queer community. now because we've gone so far, you know, in these last 14 years, and there's a whole, and you know, most of the people discussing this weren't even alive when that song was written. We just, that, 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 that phrase, that, that line means nothing anymore. It holds no power. And the only power it does have is negative now. Oh, you can't say that because, you know, slurs. Like, that's actually problematic, people. Like, that's an actual thing to criticize Gen Z Zoomers about. Having no understanding of our history, of queer history, where we come from, where things were, you know. Like, Gen Zers who don't understand shit about queer history. That's an actual thing to say, criticize us for. It's not the criticism being given. It's that we accept non-binary people and demisexuals. That's the criticism we come up against. Okay. Come on. Be better. Alright. One last thing before we go, because I am getting beyond hungry, and I desperately need to take my estrogen. 
Uh, we are taking on an article. I think I got a hiccup stop. Oh, that's not good. Okay, well, we're just gonna go as long as I can. Yeah, so, um, this is from the American Conservative. Our good friends there. So remember our good friend, Declan, sorry, Declan Larry. I believe that's what I said. Yeah, Declan Larry, who wrote that article a few weeks back that we that we mocked and heavily covered um, about, you know, him whining about infertile parents and gay parents. Well, he's back. And he's written an article called, We Are All Transgender Now. And the best part is I found out he's my age. Yeah, he's a Zoomer. He is my age. We were born the same year. I don't know his exact birthday. So either he's 22 or 23, but yeah, we're, we're, we're born the same year. 1998. So yeah, I'm taking on a Zoomer. A, uh, a bigoted Zoomer. Far-right Zoomer. So this is generational wars here, okay? I, I like, you know, I, I've really got to be at my best here. You know, I'm taking on one of my own. I'm taking on someone of my own generation. You know, um, you know, Zoomer wars here. But yeah, so he, he, he wrote an article called, We Are All Transgender Now. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. The subtitle, the subtitle, Gender identity has colonized everything. It is time for us to colonize it in return. Oh boy, you know an article's going to be good when that's the subtitle. Okay. Let's start at the article. Even as recently as my own time in college, from 2017 to 2020, I can only remember distinctly one time I was asked to share which gender pronouns I preferred. I had just been elected to student government, so this was a more liberal crowd than most. But even there, no one offered pronouns other than the standards, or other than you might have guessed just by appearance. I simply abstained, and after a moment of awkward silence, the group moved on to the next he, him. A friend more willing to court disfavor among gave a court disfavor or gave a roundabout answer. I'm Nick, a junior, major, hometown, etc., and I have Y chromosomes. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother. Um, there's literally no point. Uh... Okay, can we be honest though? Going around and asking people for her pronouns is a bit cringy. Especially because it, because, you know, like, let's say there is a closeted person, trans person, or non binary person there. You're kind of putting undue pressure on them. And you could also be just making them more dysphoric for that. Like, let's be honest. Like, People should be willing to give her pronouns, you know. Um, shouldn't be trying to pressure them to do that. Like, she's deciding that they offer themselves, you know. Maybe you can ask, like, one-on-one or so. I don't know. But yeah, I kind of do have a problem with the going around asking people's pr 
pronounced thing. Someone will offer them if they want you, you know, if, uh, um, you know, whatever. You know, I think you get what I'm trying to say. This rather ridiculous ritual, which I laughed off at the time, was just then holding an taking a hold in academia and elsewhere, but as, in the few years intervening, become an almost universal standard practice. In the Washington Post last week, <clears throat> Yale professor Ian Ayres, I probably mispronounced that, but whatever, a white man was honored as the nation's top African-American student and dishonored by a Princeton interviewer as the most obnoxious applicant he had ever come across. Oh boy. You know that, you know it's going to be good when, when a right-winger wants you to know that about a left-winger. Um, informed us of his own preferences for everybody else's pronouns. Until I'm told otherwise, I prefer to call you they. I mean, yeah, um, it's kind of how it should be, let's be honest. Like, I don't want to just... Like, how wrong is it to just assume he, him, they, she, her on you? Like, duh. I mean, this is, should be standard practice. I don't understand the complaints about this. Like, what could you possibly complain about? But hey, he's kind of holding, he's got quite a few paragraphs left, so apparently he's going to find something to complain about that. I mean, that just seems to be just, I don't know, take caring about others. Like, that seems to be a pretty thoughtful thing to do, if you ask me. Continuing on, Aries' new rule aligns with a broader trend in the institutional left seeking to impose, quote-unquote, inclusive language as the default. Um, eventually rooting out the reactionary social tendencies that develop in such linguistic bugs such as gender-specific pronouns. Yeah, not assuming someone's gender. How horrible. I can't imagine how horrid that is. Not just assuming one's gender. Society is truly falling apart. Um, in the in the case of personal identity, Aries writes, I am drawn to default pronouns that don't assume others' gender. The implicit assumption is that they is a neutral alternative, a sort of harmless placeholder that will do until the individual's preference is identified. But neutrality, as all sensible people know, is a myth concocted by liberals and demons who would like you to believe that by taking verse side, you are actually staying nobly above the fray. Who just casually compares liberals to demons. Just so casually. Just so casually. So yeah, um... By using gender-neutral pronouns to refer to someone until, um, you know what they identify as, you're actually taking place in something demonic. And uh, you are destroying society. Okay, you can live with that. <laughs> um, 
Let's continue on. These people love to insist that our new normal is not new at all, pointing to a few very particular cases in which they have been used with a singular antecedent by reputable authors stretching back as far as Jeffrey Chaucer. Yes, he is uh, literally whining about they-them pronouns, saying that they should not be used as singular. My god. Okay. English lesson with Anna. Sit down, kids. We gotta do a lesson in basic English for fully grown adults who passed, who graduated from college and are professional writers. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth that I, a kid who barely who barely who barely pack and bear barely passed third grade English has to educate a college educated writer on how the English language works, but here we are. Okay. So let's say Susie puts down her purse somewhere. And Liz needs to find it for some reason. Liz comes to you and says, hey, where is Susie's purse? You can just point, you, what do you do? You point to wherever it is and say, their purse is right over there. Notice, their purse. You're referring to one person. It's singular. It's used as a singular all the time. All the time. Using they-them pronouns is not that hard. I have a lot of friends who use they-them pronouns. Guess what? I don't sit there and stumble. Not that, uh, okay, at first I did. I did. Not gonna lie. At first I struggled. You know what? You, after a little bit, you don't really struggle at all. And it comes very easy. Like that. You know, just recently I was talking to a friend I hadn't talked to in a long time. They use they them pronouns. And you know what? And I have another friend who knows this person, you know? And me and my friend who were talking about this person I just got in contact with again for, for the first time in a while, we were, you know, talking about our favorite memories with them and how much we loved them and how awesome they were. We had a kind of a pseudo three-way conversation. It was awesome. And, you know, to refer to this, you know, genderqueer friend I have, you know, you just use they, them pronouns. Fucking easy. It's not that hard, people. It's that you don't want to, you know, I don't know, like, be a decent human being. Like, I, what else am I supposed to come up to? It's not that hard. Just put in a little effort, just just a little bit. But oh, I forgot, you can't put in any effort because asking you just to just do a smallest amount of effort, that's asking you to do something different. That's asking you to change. You know, that's too much to ask for. You know, you have to be, you know, you can't be asked to change. Society must be exactly for you. My God. 
fucking snowflake babies. Yes, the clan, you're a snowflake. The biggest fucking snowflake that ever existed. My god. Anyway, he continues. Of course, it does not bode well for these people if they return for historical precedence to the man who ruined English literature, whatever, who cares. If we're really concerned about historical usage of words... Okay, seriously, Bo, this argument that this is how historically, that historical use of they, them, it is a stupid argument. Just show how it's a singular pronoun. Seriously, people, don't sit there and appeal to history. Appealing to history, yeah, whatever. Don't, don't, don't appeal to history, just prove to them that it can be used in a singular. I have some bad news about gender. Which until about 1950s was generally was understood generally as a grammatical concept and considered improperly used when applied to human beings. But they don't believe that gender means now what it did 100 years ago. They too say nothing of 600. They prefer the understanding of the word developed by a few progressive academics in the 1950s. Led by the pervert sexologist, Almost a entirely redundant phrase, oh my god. John Money, who thought, among other things, that if the relationship is totally mutual and the bonding is totally mutual, then pedophilia is not pathological in any way. Okay, wow, where do we start? There's a lot here. First off, no, you're an idiot. Gender has been understood in the way we currently understand it for hundreds of years now. Why? Because of capitalism. Capitalism created the modern gen concept of gender. John Money created the concept of gender identity. Big difference. Gender and gender identity are separate. Capitalism created the modern uh, view of gender. It's been around for several hundred years. Gender identity was first created by John Money in the 1950s. Get that correct. Seriously. This is pretty fucking important. Like, even Matt Walsh understands the difference between these things and gets this correct. Come on, dude. If you can't at least tie Matt Walsh, you know, tie Matt Walsh in knowledge of this shit, you kind of failed and you should probably never t blog about trans issues ever again. Come on, dude. Matt Walsh should not be more intelligent on these issues than you are. It's genuinely embarrassing. Second, um, John Money. Yeah, fucking pedophile, okay? So, are we literally supposed to believe that gender identity is by default a bad idea because it was created by a pedophile? Just because somebody is a bad person doesn't mean what, that their ideas are all bad, that they didn't get anything correct. You realize that, right? Like, like, let's say it was to come out, you know, just let's say it was to come out that Sir Isaac Newton was a pedophile. Let's just say that that would happen. Does that mean that, you know, that gravity is there for bullshit, that gravity doesn't exist, or that anything that he came up with, you know, um, that, you know, for every, op you know, for every action, there's an opposite reaction, like, that's bullshit because he was a pedophile, like, that's bullshit, dude. You know it. A person being a bad person does not mean that their ideas are bad, are inherently bad. 
It's such a childish way of thinking. And yes, I want to make it very clear so nobody sits here and strawmans me and attacks me for being a fucking pedo. Annabelle is a pedophilia is good! John Money was disgusting. Pedophilia is bad. It is indefensible. John Money was wrong for that. It doesn't mean his idea that gender identity is there for bullshit because he defended pedophilia. Anyway. Continuing on. As far as money was concerned, gender was malleable. Because it is. In large part the sum of learned behaviors and social influences. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, no, this is gender identity, okay? Gender identity is what he's talking about. Not gender, or like, whatever. Whatever. Uh, I can't explain, I can't, I guess I can't, ex it's too much to expect the clan to understand the difference between gender and gender identity. That would require him to actually have knowledge of something for once. That would be too much to ask for. Continuing on. So, so yes. Gender identity is malleable in the summer, uh, you know, um, you know, the sum of learned behaviors and social influences. Like, yeah, that's absolutely correct. How you perform gender, okay, not necessarily gender identity, I mean, in a way, yes. How you perform your gender. So I guess, I guess the clan's not as wrong as I thought. Um, kind of is gender that he's talking about here. The problem is that Declan just doesn't, you never know if Declan is using the terms correctly or not because he clearly doesn't know anything about these terms. That's what makes this so confusing to figure out what he's getting right and what he's getting wrong when it comes to term usage. Anyway, there's nothing innate about any of it. And thus nothing disordered about shirking the norms. Money was wrong about there nothing being innate about it. There is something innate about it. But it's not the sole definer of who you are and how you become identified as a certain way. But it's absolutely correct. Um, and yeah, there is nothing about shirking the norms. Like, why would there be? That's the thing that none of these people can ever explain. It's just assumed that, you know, uh, shirking the norms is disordered. None of these people can ever explain why. That's why I would love to clan Leary to explain. Why is being gender variant disordered? How, what makes... Being different from the norm, disordered. That's why I would like these people to explain for once. That's why I would like to hear. Continuing on. Much of it was tied to physiological differences. Yeah, physiological differences. But largely in no way... Largely in ways no longer relevant in modern society, but just as but just as much of it was apparently arbitrary. Yeah, because a lot of this is, you know, gender is arbitrary, and so is much of gender identity. Let's be honest, because it doesn't really fucking matter at the end of the day. That's why gender identity is arbitrary. It doesn't matter. 
Everyone has their internal sense of what, who they are, and sometimes it changes over time, over life. Who fucking cares? Unsurprisingly, Money became a leading advocate for transgenderism and was considered to be an authoritative expert on it. That is, until his persuasion of two parents to raise her injured son as a girl and years of continued abuse of both that boy and his twin brother ended for the latter with a fistful of antidepressants and for the former of a shot, sawed-off shotgun. Okay, let's talk about what happened. Because it was a hell of a lot more nuanced than that. It's still tragic, I want to make that clear. But I want to make it clear, nothing of what money did disprove transgenderism, as he calls it. It actually proved trans people and gender identity, his theory of gender identity, correct. The only reason people disowned money was because of how it ended, it was suicide. But money was completely correct, the entire thing proved money correct. So basically, I think they're like the Ren Renierton's, or something like a Rem Remmer, Ren Renner. Basically, one of them ended up with, like, this circumcision went wrong and, like, the tip of her dick was cut off. And so, you know, this kid um, was raised as a girl. And her twin was continuing to be raised as a boy. I don't remember her names um, at all. I remember one of them was David. But I don't remember uh, the name of the other ones. And I don't remember which one was which, so. But the one who was raised as a girl but was born as a boy... They identified as a boy, and they were very fucking depressed. They, their entire lives were very, um, pressed very hard that they were in fact a boy, not a girl. They didn't understand why they, you know, but now they did not know that they were born a boy. They did not. They did not realize that that's, that they were literally, you know, and they were very depressed by this, and for, and for money, and the parents kept forcing them to, Forcing them to live as a girl. And, you know, when he was an adult, he finally started trying to transition back to male. Fortunately, it was too late. Killed himself. And his brother lived on antidepressants for the rest of his life. I think he's also dead now, if I remember right. I think that he also committed suicide. From it, by having to watch his brother do this, being forced into a gender identity he wasn't, he didn't want to live as. Yeah, this was fucking tragic. But it proved money right. You can't just force somebody to live as a gender identity that they're not. You can't force them into one. This literally proves trans people correct. You realize that, right? Like, I, Right-wingers actually use this as an argument against trans people. Like, how? This proved money right. But yet, right-wingers are too fucking stupid to say that. And so now they're using this tragedy to try to create more tragedies. That's all that these right-wingers are doing. They're using this horrible tragedy to create new ones. Because we're discussing evil human beings who don't actually didn't actually give a shit about that child, about that boy who was raised as a girl unjustly. They don't give a shit about him. They don't give a shit that he's dead. They just want anything they can to twist 
into her little to 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 kill off other trans people. Understand that. The clan doesn't give a shit about that tragedy. But it is fairly obvious that these ideas of gender not circumscribed by biological reality, um, gender identity, not a, not gen whatever, 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 are not and cannot be limited to the physically hermaphroditic, hermaphroditic individuals on whose society on whose study they were developed nor even to the minuscule minority people who feel that they apply to them. Oh, God. Gender ideology is fundamentally imperial. Whenever and wherever abnormal claims are granted credence, they inevitably do go on to colonize the cis. You know how you cannot be called, get away with not being called fave-em? Tell them their fucking pronouns. Let them know how you identify. Come on, dude. Grow the Fuck up. Like, seriously, understand that this guy, what he's literally bitching about, he is literally complaining that people are not assuming his gender. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what, this is just one big temper tantrum because cause there are people who aren't assuming his gender. This motherfucker is the biggest snowflake that ever existed. Like, I can't even imagine how how easy and good your life must be to sit here and literally write a whole article whining that people aren't assuming your gender. Like, oh, poor baby. Should I play the violin for you? I fucking can't, y'all. I, I fucking can't. This guy needs help. Either gender is tied to biology or it is not. It cannot be one way for some people and another for the rest. If we accept that it is as true that gender can be genuinely divorced from sex, we accept it as true that gender is divorced from sex. Transgender and other genderqueer individuals become not mere deviations from physical or mental norms, but evidence of the relativity of those very norms. Statements of relativity are always statements of universal truth. And yes, that's what I believe gender identity is not tied to biological sex at all for anybody even cis people there's nothing about gender identity that is tied to your biological sex it's just for some it happens to match it Continuing on, there is, however, sorry, there is, therefore, a straight line to be drawn between John Money and Ian Ayers, and not just because they're both obviously pleasant gentlemen. <laughs> Ouch. Go fuck yourself. Um, this is not an issue on which compromise is sustainable. This far, but no further, simply doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Compromise doesn't work and isn't sustainable. You will accept us. The trans agenda, you will accept. Whether you like it or not. Like, no, 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 not whether you like it or not. 
you're going to accept it and you're going to like it. Because we trans people are correct. We are the correct ones. And you're going to accept that. And there can't be compromise on that. We have our demands. And you will kowtow to them. So you're not completely agreed to clan. Compromise isn't sustainable. And we're on the right side. Me, I am on the right side. Not you, the clan. And you're gonna accept it. We're gonna, you know, the compromise is gonna end. And you're gonna be the loser. So continuing on. The centering of non-traditional gender, the eventual default to they. The world in which you, you are queer until proven otherwise. Nobody is saying that. My God. Using they and pronouns does not mean that they think you're queer. It's just not assuming that you are queer or you are cis. Oh my God. Oh my God. Grow the fuck up, dude. Um, until proven otherwise, is baked into the original principle. Relativize for gender, and they'll relativize yours right back. Give them an inch, and they'll take, well, you know. We can't fight the moneyites effectively until we admit for guru has a point. Gender is a social construct, distinct from physical sex. Here we go, first people. The first conservative that ever has admitted that. It's finally happened. The conservative has finally admitted. Um, conservatives damage their own cause when they reduce the argument to mere biology. Sorry, Nick. Gender is, in the words of one of the great reactionaries of our age, the socio-cultural role of sex. And the two can be distinguished, but not separated. Which is to say that what we call gender is real and actual. And actually, in a way, more dignified than sex. It is, in, it is the way that sex, a fundamental feature of who we are as human animals, affects our higher lives as social and spiritual beings. Okay, now, I'm not going to lie, none of this paragraph makes any sense. I have actually no idea what he's actually trying to argue. Um, in this entire paragraph, I'm going to just continue. I have no idea what he's been trying to argue. I've read this over several times, even before reading this article live for you guys. I still can't figure out what the fuck he's trying to say with this paragraph. Um, it's the way that sex, a fundamental feature of who we are as human animals, or affects our higher lives as social and spiritual beings. It is an elevation of bodily facts into tradition, a carefully held and transmitted way to habituate our understanding of who and what we are. Even the intellectual descendants of John Money of overframing would be dramatically more negative, would be effectively in agreement on this latter point. Um, yeah, I have no idea what the fuck he's trying to say there. But the communal and spiritual dimension goes before that. To understand it more fully, we might turn to a term to coin by money himself, meant to distinguish the feeling and expression from the underlying biology, gender identity. We who believe that words have meaning know he trapped himself on this one. Identity, identitia, identitas, from idem, the same, means sameness. Far from individualistic identity, including gender identity, is actually profoundly relational. Even more than that, given the relationship at particular ratio at its root, the substantial sameness between things, 
the very concept of identity presupposes universals. Yeah, um, who's arguing against that? Nobody is saying that identifying as a woman or identifying as a man or as agender or as non-binary, there isn't like this, like, you're going to experience it in different way. Okay, well, okay. How do, how do I explain this? Everyone experiences gender identity a different way. The way that you, Declan, experiences masculinity or your male identity is different from a way that, I don't know, somebody like actual Jake. You know, Twitch streamer, strong trans ally. You know, he identifies as male. Actual Jake identifies as male. The way you and him, I, you know, experience, you know, your gender identity as male, you know, the way you view your identity as male are different from each other. That said, there's still some fun underlying fundamental similarities between you. The way, and, you know, there's this, like something about the male identity that draws together all those who identify as male. Like, all who identify as male experience to a, a baseline of similarity. You know, there's something about that label that draws you all together to identify as male. Otherwise, you know, everybody would literally identify as different things. You know, like, there is a sort of universality to gender identities, different gender identities. Because otherwise, you know, you would all identify as completely different gender identities. You know, there'd be, what, seven billion different gender identities, literally. You know? So there's clearly a certain sameness, a certain baseline that those who identify as the same gender all experience. But it goes further than that. You don't all experience it the exact same way. Once you, there's that baseline, but once there's that baseline... You know, like, there's the root of the tree, and it all goes out to different branches, you know? Like, once you hit that baseline, you all go in different directions, you know? Y'all are going to experience maleness, you know, you experience maleness differently from how anybody else will experience maleness. But you're all still male, you know, you all just still identify as men. Am I making any sense whatsoever? But yeah, you know, like, y'all identify the same thing because clearly there's something about it that is universal. But at the end of the day, you're your own person and you all experience that universality in a different way. So no, uh, you... Once again, the clan just doesn't understand anything um, about this shit. Nobody is saying that there's not a sameness. Otherwise, you know, none of us would be arguing that trans female or trans male would be a thing, you know, or that male or female is a thing when it comes to gender identity. Anywho. Um, that is why the thousand-fold multiplication of so-called gender identities these last few 
peers, which in an inevitable result of severing our gender from the body is also unsustainable. No, it's not. No, it's fucking not. Because guess what? People do have gender, different gender identities from you. What you are arguing for is for everybody to identify the exact same way, which is bullshit. These people identify in a very different way, but it's from male and female. And guess what? There's many of them, and they experience things the same as each other. Agender people experience a baseline of not experiencing a gender identity. How they experience it after that is up to them. But there's a sameness there. There is a sameness, uh, sort of sameness in non-binary. There is a sort of sameness in, you know, um, demigender. There is a sort of sameness in those. Sort of sameness in pangender. And all these terragenders. What you are trying to do is take that away. You are arguing against your own thing. Like, I don't believe. Oh my god. Whatever. It is impossible to identify except by reference to something beyond yourself. Every Z and Zer and other made-up gender identifier. Oh my god, grow the fuck up. Seriously, dude. Grow the fuck up. Somebody asked to be identified as Z and Zer. Just fucking do it, you insufferable snowflake. My god. Oh my god, this fucking snowflake. I can't. I just can't. Thankfully, this article's almost over. Besides being confusing, no, it's not. Z and Zer are literally not confusing one bit. You're just an idiot. My god, you're just a bigoted idiot. Quotes the very concept of identity. No, it doesn't. How? You have never shown it. Nothing in this article shows that. Other than you just saying things. Apparently, oh, I forgot. Cisgender white males. Them saying things makes it true. Never mind, I forgot. All hail the cisgender white male. Um, reducing gender to mere self-expression. Kinda is. A independent of both new natural law and of his enshrinement in millennial millennia of tradition. Oh my god, a fucking pill to tradition. Nobody fucking cares about tradition. Tradition is meant to be broken. If you by if your argument relies on tradition, you have lost by default. If you argue tradition, anything becomes acceptable. You realize that you can basically argue for for anything. By using tradition as your main argument, right? What a lazy intellectual argument. You realize I can argue for pedophilia being okay by arguing tradition, right? You realize I can argue for, for enslavement of human beings by using tradition, right? 
You basically can argue for genocide, for literal genocide, by arguing for about using tradition, right? I can argue, whatever. On the, on the other side, I can argue that homosexuality is okay using tradition, and I know that you would not accept that argument because you're just an honest intellectual hack. So guess what, if you're gonna set, I'm sorry, but here's the facts. If you're gonna set one argument based on tradition, whatever, it's a weak intellectual argument using tradition. Whatever. This guy doesn't care. Why, why do I? Why am I making the argument when this guy clearly doesn't give a shit? He's just gonna grab literally anything and just claim that it proves his point, whether it actually does or not. The antidote to all this, through the vote of phrase, my circus of strange, is actual gender identity. Oh, you gotta love the concern trolling here. You know this guy. You know he really cares about trans people and making us accepted in society. You can really tell. He just so cares so much. Active celebration of the unifying biological realities that make it possible for humans to exist. Oh my god. And willful embrace of our social and habitual expressions. In other words, let's go back to the 1950s. Literally, that's what he's arguing. This is the choice before us and there is no middle ground. We will assert the older knowledge that bodily natures guide us to goods and truths higher than merely physical, tested by time and habit and rooted in our expression in body itself. Or will we allow the ascendance of the individual, the alienation of that human person from his or her nature's human person, the fracture of what is universal and manifest in that nature to continue until all identity disappears into chaos? I vote the latter. And yes, there can be no compromise. I completely agree. That's why you need to shut the fuck up and accept it. Anywho, that is everything for that article. Um, we are going very, very fucking long. Way longer than I wanted, so. Let us end this article with a good news story, like usual. Like usual, the story could be found in the show notes or YouTube description. It's from Good News Network. Kuwait is transforming its massive tire graveyard into a new green city. A landfill of 42 million tires in the sands of Kuwait is finally being cleaned up and recycled. This news in itself would be a major relief to locals who have to suffer from the clouds of the black smoke arising from the fires. But the government isn't stopping there. They are aiming to create a green city of 25,000 homes in line with the post-Persian, sorry, with the post-oil gold, Persian Gulf. With oil, sorry, oh my god, why can't I read? 25,000 homes in line with a post-oil Persian Gulf with a focus on sustainability and tourism. The first step is to clear the ground. The Salmaya area, nicknamed Rubber Mountain, consists of hundreds of small ziggurat-like mounds of spent tires, a reaction from, one, from the one million cars which were added to Kuwait's roads over the decade. EPSCO Global Trading, oh my god, EPSCO Global General Trading has opened a recycling facility for the tires, where they've been collected, shredded, and pressed into other materials like tiling and playground flooring. The plant opened in January 2021, and has high hopes for exporting that recycled material out to nearby Gulf neighbors. In their place will be South Saad al-Abdullah City, a green city characterizing a new era in the Middle Eastern country. 
We have moved from the difficult stage that was characterized by a great environmental risk, said Oil Minister Mohamed El Faris. Today, the area is clean and all tires have been removed to begin the launch of the SIP. To begin the launch of the project Saad Al Abdullah City. Expected to cost 3.3 billion euros and require 30 years to complete. The city hopes to feature green technology, presumably like the kind one can see in other cities on the Persian Gulf, both existing and not. Saudi Arabia is planning to build zero emissions, carless future city centered around access to big data rather than water or crops. So yeah, good news out in the Middle East for uh, working for a green society, which is very good thing. Hopefully we here in America can only copy that and move along with it. Do the same ourselves. One can only hope. Anyway, that is everything for today's um, episode. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful day and peace.